Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine Podcast, Conversations with Silicon Valley's Creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine, published by SV Creates. This episode of the Content Magazine Podcast is brought to you by Bonfire, a Silicon Valley digital agency building elevated websites for ambitious brands. Find out more about Bonfire at bonfire.com. Hello, this is Tony. Today we talk with Tony Gapastone. He's a filmmaker, screenwriter, actor, and the founder of the nonprofit arts organization, Brave Maker. Hey, Tony, how you doing? This is Daniel. Daniel, thanks for calling. Yeah, man, it's good to talk to you. We had um, a little bit of some email exchanges a while ago. We had that blog post that Johanna told us about, and I've been kind of following you from afar, from from Redwood yeah. City to San Jose. I've been right on. peeking in on what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you. And now, are you actually right now, as we are recording this, are you here in Redwood City? Because you, your film, Last Chance Charlene, is opening up in Chicago, right? Yeah, I'm in Redwood City at our Brave Maker HQ, and I take off to Chicago really early at the Red Eye tomorrow morning. Yeah, sweet, because that's on the 20th or something like that, right? Yeah, you're on it. Nice. Yes, we yeah. we will be screening in my hometown of Chicago with my family and friends at the Blue Whiskey Film Festival on the 20th. Sweet. Blue Whiskey Film Festival. Blue, yeah, name. isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, cool. So um, before we get to that, that's good. That, but that leads us back into Chicago. So you grew up in Chicago, Illinois area. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Born in Evanston, which is like right on the north side of Chicago. Lived in a ton of the burbs and then ended up in college at North Park University in Chicago on the north side. Yeah. And then it was, so your entry into the arts was through kind of like theater and acting, right? Mm -hmm. In high school, Mm -hmm. was that kind of what you were doing? Yeah. I did a ton of community theater, high school kind of stuff. I I did some weird, oh my gosh, mall modeling for quite some time. Uh, (laughs) That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. No joke. I, I modeled as a mannequin. For oh. some retail stores, did some runway things, and then that went into some print. So that was kind of a fun little side money maker when I was a teenager. Yeah, that's fun. So what what do you think? Uh, how did you get into then into kind of acting and modeling and into that area? What drew you to it, and what kind of like was the impetus to do that? I mean, I think all kids are you know they use their imagination. I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, I, I played with Transformers, He-Man, G.I. Joe. I really liked the storytelling elements mm-hmm. of my imagination. And then when I could step in and be a performer, like actually be one of those characters, it just brought something to life in me. So high school theater was huge. I think my first play was The Nutcracker in fourth grade. I always remember my oh. mom made my my uh, my costume out of her bathrobe. So that's my claim <laughs> to fame, Nutcracker, yeah. fourth grade. But then college community theater and that kind of thing really lit my fire shakespeare was a big part of my foundation i got to play prince hal in um henry the fourth and then i played romeo and romeo and juliet and i was in a ton of other you know plays and musicals uh which helped me create a love of the, the the craft but also a love of the community you know that builds behind the scenes yeah. And then your your main focus at that particular time was to be more of kind of an actor that was kind of like the main, but then right? Mm-hmm. And then how what how did you get into the, and then to more into even uh thinking in terms of like writing, screenwriting and and producing and those kind of things? What was yeah. the, how did that go? So I have a really weird story, Daniel, where 
I'll, I'll give you the Twitter version. So I really wanted okay. to do acting for quite a long time. I was in Illinois and, uh, you know, in Chicago, I was in college, I had an agent and I was, you know, auditioning for movies and commercials and industrials. But I also had this really weird part of my life that's still a part of my life and weird uh, where I was really involved in a faith community and, mm -hmm. you know, understanding God was a huge part of my life. And at one point yeah. I kind of got the message, I think after one of my Shakespeare performances where I had to perform slightly naked on stage uh, as Romeo mm -hmm. and Romeo and Juliet and all my youth group friends and pastors came and I oh, yeah. was told, hmm, uh, maybe you need to go in a different direction. This might not be the best use of your creative uh, abilities, you know, bearing mm -hmm. your butt on stage. And so I kind of got that message that a lot of people get kind of in fundamental communities or religious communities where, you know, the acting world or Los Angeles slash Hollywood is the den of Satan kind of thing. Mm, and so yeah, yeah. I took a left turn for quite some time and I actually got my, my degree undergraduate in biblical studies and youth ministry, went on to get a master's of theology. And I spent quite a lot of time working in the faith communities, the nonprofit kind of church world, doing yeah. my, my acting, you know, my writing church plays and Easter and Christmas productions. And oh, cool. It took me quite some time to figure out that those limitations that were put on me that I believed were a part of the faith community that I had to lean into weren't, weren't real real, you know, that God mm. is much bigger than that. So when I was, I moved out to Redwood City uh, in late 90s and I worked with a church, but then I got an agent in San Francisco and started hmm. acting in things uh, in the Bay and had to hide a lot of it because... Well, so you're, you're a pastor... Think? You're, yeah. you're a pastor moonlighting as an actor. Is that that's the, right. That's right. Yeah. And I would hide it because, you know, this is yeah. before social media too. So nobody knew, but cause how, how dare I do a beer commercial or do right. a Napa Valley winery print ad because that was, you know, the dark side of life. So right. I know I had to kind of shed a lot of that just faulty thinking that life is so yeah. much bigger and more beautiful. And so the quick again, Twitter version is it took me two decades to sort of figure that out. I yeah. started writing and directing after my grandmother's suicide in 2012, mm. went to Sundance in 2013 and realized, wow, I could actually do stuff on the other mm. side of the camera. Instead of waiting for people to book me as an actor, I could write, direct and produce my own work. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So let's, let's diverge this a little bit. Then what do you think even now, like what is, what is that kind of intersection between faith and the arts? Mm. How do you see that all coming together? Because you're still a person of faith, mm -hmm. and do you see it's it's a conflict, or what would you kind of say? I don't see it being a conflict, or maybe that maybe there is conflict and there's conversation hmm. in the conflict, which I think is a good thing. I was yeah. always, again, subtly and not so subtly told there's there are answers. Life is there's a book called the Bible that tells us everything we need to know. And right. you go in this direction. And I never felt, I felt like I had to have all the answers, number one, as a pastor right. slash preacher. And then yeah. I didn't feel there was a place for storytelling or questioning that would go beyond those limits. So mm -hmm. now I just see it in such a different way. I see, you know, the limits, there's no, it's limitless. There's the storytelling, the power of storytelling, filmmaking, you know, the, the screenplays that I'm engaging in and even being in a theater at a film festival and then engaging in panel discussions afterwards, that is transcendent. That is 
moving yeah. people to experience spirituality, even if they don't believe in a God or a higher power, that's okay. We all are kind of reaching for understanding and making sense of life. And I feel as if theater and the performing arts films help us do that. They confront our biases. They, they heal yeah. us. They make us laugh. They help us escape. So yeah, the real yeah. quick, the real quick thing is when I was, when I was, you know, doing my, my moonlighting as an actor, I got to be in a, a film called the Darwin Awards by Finn Taylor. It okay. starred Joseph Fiennes and Winona Ryder. You can probably find it. And I had a scene with Winona Ryder, very oh, short cool. scene. I had like one or two lines. I think it was cut down to, you hear me say like two words, like, okay, and um, or <laughs> bye or something. Yeah. But I got to sit with Winona Ryder all day, you know, because right. we film eight hours for a 30 second scene. And she was raised Buddhist and raised Jewish. And we had this amazing mm. conversation as someone who was, uh, you know, based in Christianity. And yeah. I op she opened my eyes. She was asking me questions and I was asking her questions. And it was just really, really cool. And that yeah. really kind of sprung board me into going, oh, okay. I, the, the, the building with a cross on it, that's one place people can experience sp spirituality. But you can also experience mm -hmm. spiritual things on a set, in a movie theater, on a mountaintop, on Yosemite, anywhere yeah. and everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's always kind of amazed me too. I mean, I was, it's kind of funny cause I was a pastor for about 15 years. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, and uh, cool. similar, similar kind of uh, mm. journey, mm -hmm. but you know, it's always kind of amazed me if, you know, you know, as me as a Christian is like, I believe God is the creator and then we are yeah. made in his likeness. So creation is a part of who, and you just see it like, and yeah. the power that you know of too, of, of story, right? Yep. And even Jesus' parables and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. We um, are co-creators with God, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? It's awesome. And that dialogue, yeah, that's good. So so then you were doing this, you kind of were moonlighting, and then you you finally then decided or you kind of had the burning within you to make this jump to mm -hmm. leave the, kind of like the professional ministry or uh, mm -hmm. vocational ministry, as they would yeah. say in the thing, uh, to start Brave Maker, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was about 2018-ish or so. Is that right? Or when did that yeah. launch? And, end of yeah, that's when our official launch was. It was end of 2017 when I really felt the urge, and I resigned December of 2017 from my church. And then they asked me if I would stay on another five or six months. Which, at that point, I, I said yes because I needed the financial sure, health insurance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that was a rough. That was a rough time knowing that my time was done. And yeah. I needed to move on, but the idea yeah. for Brave Maker came in 2017. Registered everything in 20 or in in, in April of 2018, and officially launched in June 2018. Yeah, and it's a nonprofit arts organization. So there's yeah. give me a little bit then, because as I look at it, I kind of see like that history of kind of a pastor and the arts, and then yeah. Brave Makers seems like it's still an extension of maybe your own personal mission so what so what is kind of yeah. like yeah and well let's see before we go there let's just talk about the name brave yeah. maker right so this yeah. must be a tony uh ethos right because <laughs> because i look at what all the stuff that you're doing from the producing to teaching to you know mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you're doing you have a lot of hats a lot of plates spinning um mm -hmm. so tell me like why did you choose the name brave maker mm-hmm Thanks for asking this question. It's very, it's a very simple word, the word brave, but we all know, mm -hmm. you know, it comes with a lot of connotations. And for me, I had to face a lot of insecurities. I still mm -hmm. battle mm -hmm. the imposter syndrome and I still yeah. battle the 
challenges every artist faces, but just every human, you know, and then add to the Bay Area element of living in the most expensive place ever. Yeah. How yeah. I really wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to mm -hmm. step into a space of creating and making, but not just to tell my stories, but I also knew I had to learn. I had to position myself uh, in, a, in a way that I could learn about my ignorances and my biases, which I had a lot, you know, in 2017, I had been really hit with the fact that the LGBTQ community was mm -hmm. right, you know, in, in my, in my life in such a way that I didn't see the way that I maybe was problematic to it because of my past yeah. theology. Uh, same right. thing with, you know, my friends who are women, um, my friends who yeah. are people of color, I, I walk through the world with such blinders as a white cisgender mm. guy, and I mm. had to get over that. And so Brave Maker was really confronting my own insecurities of being a maker, mm. but also the fact that we needed to tell stories that represented historically excluded people and mm. elevated and educated in an entertaining way stories that helped us learn and face our fears mm. and be courageous in the world. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. So it's 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 kind of cool. I mean, I do feel like when I see that and what I've kind of like seen about you is that it is, it's like an ethos of you. It fits, right? That that came out of it. And I'm, what I'm kind of hearing is like it's the two sides. It's like the inner, you kind of almost telling yourself like, okay, I need to be courageous, right? But at the same time, yeah. it feels like it's a message to the world. Like, hey, let's be those yeah. type of people to tell these daring, courageous stories, right? 100%. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe when I was kind of trying to find a name for this movement. You know, again, as a person of faith, I'm praying and I'm looking for signs, you know, both literal and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. metaphorical. And you're Googling and, I'm, and I go, wait, how is there no organization called Brave Maker? <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. I'm a filmmaker, right? The idea right. of like just replacing the word brave, you know, to film was like, boom, 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 boom. And then it was available. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so yeah, I just yeah, bought yeah. it and here we are. Yeah, it's cool. It's fun when those kind of like discovery <laughs> things kind of happen. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So then, okay. Yeah. And so now with Brave Maker, okay. So you started a film festival like in 2019, which yeah. is just like a year after into it. You do screenwriting workshops. Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell us a little bit about the the Brave Maker offerings. Like what's 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 in the uh, the uh, the pot that you're stirring with Brave Maker. Yeah, my board would tell me we're doing too much. <laughs> so <I'm> trying, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> to, trying to figure that that whole thing out, you know. So, uh, gosh, we started in 2018 with just this idea to do an annual film festival because I was hmm. so inspired by Sundance and continue to be. I've been going since 2013. I, I kind of look at 2013 January as sort of being the, the I was born again, if you will, in 2019, mm -hmm. uh, in 2013 at Sundance. And, and I wanted to share that with so many people in 2013, but it was expensive. And so it took me some years to figure out, oh, I can bring that culture to Redwood City. It's uh, a little yeah. bit less expensive and, and it's not cold in, in Park City yeah. in January. <laughs> so we, we were going to create this summer film festival. We got everything online and we started getting like tons and tons of submissions. And a lot of people would say, there's CineQuest, there's there's the uh, San Francisco Film Fest, there's a million film festivals if you look on filmfreeway.com. Why do we need yeah. another one? And I said, well, it's proof that we need another one because of so many submissions. And then mm -hmm. all the experiences. Mm -hmm. I've been to so many film festivals, and it's been horrible. 
I've shown up to places and they don't even know mm. who I am. They like, yeah. like you did research, you know, I, I, I go, do I, do I get a pass? Uh, where's my film screening? You know? And, right. and I go, I want to make a space by filmmakers for filmmakers. And so yeah. we got so many submissions. We realized we can't obviously, you know, program all these films. So then we started a monthly film screening series. So brave maker yeah. was evolving so fast, kind of like the rocket was like launching and we were putting the rocket together as it was in the air. And it's yeah. a lot of work. It's been chaotic, but it's been so fun. Redwood city has been so supportive. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been living, you know, month to month with getting grants and getting partnerships and yeah. it just kind of blossomed into, okay, what else can we do? Well, we can start fiscal sponsorships, help fun, filmmakers raise funds. We can do yeah. screenwriting classes. We can do mentoring. We can do these community events. I can do diversity and justice and inclusion seminars through film and TV, which basically came through yeah. the pandemic because we couldn't meet in person, right? All those things right. just sort of evolved as they came. And, you know, we're still young. We're going into our fifth year next year. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, I want to eventually get out of the executive director position and find someone else, a woman, person of color, who can really take us to the next level. And then me just hopefully being in a place where I can support and, and fund those initiatives. We'll see where that yeah. goes. But um, we're, I'm, I'm creating something I wish I had because I still don't yeah. feel as if yeah. it's easy for me to, to make yeah. it and survive in this industry. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that even comes back to even, I think... Uh, as I understand filmmaking and storytelling, right? Is that, and your little slogan, right? That, uh, let me get it right. The story, you are the story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think even what you're talking about, what you're doing with Brave Maker is kind of like, it's Tony's story. It's this extension of who you are, right? Yeah. Um, which is awesome. And I really appreciate it. Um, so, which, you know, brings us to uh, Last Chance Charlene. Mm-hmm. which says I'm watching, I mean, uh, of course, and you know, like when you're telling the story and the writers, you know, the big thing is write what you know, start with your experience. Mm-hmm. And this is your first full length or full feature mm-hmm. film, right? Yeah. Um, so there's, a, there's, and it's about, it has a lot of themes, but of course the main kind of thing is death and suicide is kind of like the kind of mm-hmm. like overarching story for the main character. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've had uh suicide and death experiences in your own personal experience. So, you know, in the biographical sense of this uh, story, um, how much, uh, you know, are you, uh, I guess, revealing of yourself through this film? (laughs) My dad watched the film and he said, are you Charlene? And I said, well... (laughs) <laughs> Here, here's the deal i started writing it and it was called last chance charlie i was gonna play charlie uh, so i wrote this okay. character for me to play and then mm-hmm. in twitter version my good friend and actor allison ewing and i were working on another project and i thought i don't need to star in this film i need to write it for mm-hmm. her but yes mm-hmm. it's all about a person an actor trying to break into screenwriting while yeah. keeping their family from falling apart amidst the loss, the tragic loss of a loved one to suicide. So that's exactly my, my story. I was just trying to navigate. How do I do this? How do I be an entrepreneur, yeah. lead a business, lead my family while my grandmother tragically dies uh, to suicide yeah. in 2012? Yeah, yeah. It's a there's a lot of you know heavy themes mm. um, that you're addressing. I mean, because there's um, you know you, you, there's 
conversations that are bringing up um, gender and yeah. you know male female roles. There's um, you know there's a lot of uh, topics mm-hmm. that are going on to it. But in one particular scene, you know, it's it's I don't want to give anything away. Um, everybody see the film before you listen to this. <laughs> um, spoiler you know, there's alert, a, alert, spoiler Yeah, alert. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a scene where, where Charlene is talking to her deceased brother who's in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some dialogue that's going on there. And you you play, um, I forget, I'm sorry, I don't remember Dominic, the brother's name. Dominic, Dominic that's right. Dom, you play Dominic. And so you you are looking at Charlene giving dialogue that you wrote, which I feel mm-hmm. like is some of the things that she says are like, you know, uh, Dominic asks her, like, you know, what do you want? You know, and she's like, I, yeah. I want to make a difference in the world without sacrificing me and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you, you know, you wrote those words, you're there receiving it. Um, how is that the journey that you have really been feeling you know recently i guess in these last 10 years is that the struggle for you to feel like how do i create the life that i desire without losing myself is that kind of what's going on or is this just for somebody somebody else (laughs) man you're reading my mail here this is yeah it's it's so deep even as you were asking i just kind of closed my eyes and i could feel the emotion sort of washing Mm -hmm. over my body it's still fairly new, you know, having these yeah. conversations. We've only had four public screenings and, you know, even some of these screenings, we do 30 minute panel discussions. There's so many questions that don't get answered. And this question has yeah. not been asked yet. So thank you for it. There's two sides. Again, this is spoiler, uh, you know, territory. So if you're listening and haven't seen the film, you know, some people <laughs> like spoilers, but yeah, so I, I weirdly play the character of Dominic uh, in the film. I have to write my own uh, spots to act in because, you know, I still want to <laughs> act. I like acting and, you know, I'm not getting booked in other ways. So I'll make my own my own way, brave my own way. Uh, yeah. I wanted the, the character of Dominic to only ask questions. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. uh, recently asked uh, me about the the role of Dominic and why did you choose Dominic to be a role of wisdom in Charlene's life? Hmm. And that's, I said, that's yeah. especially, I didn't choose that. He's not, he's not telling her anything. He's just asking her right. questions. And this is really just her manifesting in her grief. She's trying to process. He's showing up in all these spaces, usually in the car. And I chose yeah. that because I deal with a lot of my emotions in the car. I cry, mm-hmm. I laugh, I'm alone. I feel safe and unguarded, but he mm-hmm. just asks her questions. And I, I yeah. had her ask, I had Dominic ask Charlene questions about grief, the grief process, acceptance and, you know, avoidance and all that kind of stuff, bargaining, denial. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I also wove in there is it's very meta, but as a screenwriter, you're always trying to get to your character's needs and wants. What do they mm. want? But what do they really mm-hmm. need? You know, mm. but that's true in life. I'm dealing with the fact that I really want to make a difference. I really yeah. want to to provide for my family and my family often has sacrificed because this life is hard. I, I, I my wife and I were just chatting. I have four jobs. Like every month I have yeah. four paychecks that come in to wow. equal one and a half jobs really to be able to sustain right. the Bay area life. We don't own a home. We rent blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's yeah. tough and it comes yeah. at a cost. And there's many times I'm not going to lie where I'm perusing LinkedIn going, should I just try to get yeah. a job at, 
Apple and I have. I've tried to get a job at Apple and Google. I cannot. <laughs> Nobody will hire me. So I just make my own friggin' work. And and that's yeah. a big struggle that I put on Charlene. And that's been healing for me to look at her life as someone who's trying to make it, who's trying to make a difference, but also is trying to uh, increase love with her kids and her husband and her mom and develop these creative outlets. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing too, is like, it, it's the personal is universal, right? I mean, everybody really is dealing with that, right? And even another part is like, you know, what is, what does she want, you know, to feel safe and free? You know what I mean? Like yeah. those kind of things, and especially I think for, you know, this story that is like, you know, it's an artist, you know, trying to break into the field, juggling family, you know, all those themes that we've kind of talked about. But it was, like, I know those feelings too. Like I know that, that, that struggle and that pain, you know, to look at LinkedIn when I'm totally blessed to have a position that I do know. So, um, yeah, so I really appreciate that, the, the story that you're telling. And I feel like, you know, this is kind of like another aspect, I think of what you are doing as a brave maker. Mm. Like, I think this story is healing probably for you, but also for others. Right. I mean, I mean, this story, this story, last chance, Charlene is a little bit of, um, meant to be a healing balm to those who have dealing with suicide mm-hmm. in their family, right? Is that mm-hmm. some of the mission behind this story or the purpose of it? Again, very meta, but one character in the film, Dino, is questioning Charlene about why she's making the film, and he kind of jokes, mm-hmm. you know, you're writing about depressing stuff. Is that because you're supposed to write what you know? And she mm-hmm. says, I'm writing the film because people don't know how to talk about death. They don't, they suck yeah. at it. They suck at talking about death. So if I can make a film that helps normalize these taboo subjects, as well as expose some of the really problematic and hurtful language, you know, yeah. you'll understand this, Daniel. But, and I think everybody can. When someone dies, it's yeah. awkward. We don't know what to say. We say the wrong things. We say things like, oh, they're in a better place. Not helpful. Not helpful yeah. at all. But when someone dies by suicide, notice my language. Okay. I'm not using the word commit, right? Yeah. When someone dies by suicide, there's a whole other level of nuanced baggage that comes, especially in faith communities. I had somebody yeah. in my church community look me in the eye with this weird power, authority, and mm. truth telling, so they thought your grandmother's in hell and you need to tell oh people gosh. that so that people oh don't gosh. go there and, and think that mm. suicide is a way out. And I, I was like, F, mm. I was so mad yeah, that this yeah. person would dare even say that. Like you, you don't say things like that. And so trying to get yeah. rid of language about uh, how, where people are when they die, you don't know, nobody really knows. So, so stop thinking you do. And then the yeah. idea of suicide is just another death it's not a crime okay Uh, certain faith communities have made it this mortal sin and it's this blackened Mm -hmm. you know scarlet letter and that causes so much pain when someone says the word commit with the word suicide so we're trying Mm -hmm. to normalize it's a death someone died by suicide you can say someone took their own life or killed themselves but death by suicide is a normal way to say it and then don't ask questions don't yeah. ask all the nitty gritty details of how and why. It just doesn't help a person in grief. Let them talk about what they want to talk about and give them space and just tell the person you're here for them and you're sorry. And if you yeah. can help, here's how I might be able to support you if, if you need me. You know, that kind of thing is what we're trying to uh, attack in the film as well. Yeah, which is great. I mean, the conversation needs to take place. I mean, it, I mean, mm-hmm. I think, we, like you said, I think we all feel that when there's 
a death or tragedy or any kind of hard, you know, we all are trying to figure out like, how do I help? Right. Right, Um, And so then we say things that we think will be helpful or, um, but it's okay (laughs) not to have answers and maybe just lit, listen and sit and, you know, and it is sad that even what you're pointing out is like, especially for, you know, faith communities where the whole premise is grace, you know, yeah, yep. um, that should be the face, right, of the, the right. church. Just be gracious. Just hug, hug people. Hug people that are willing to be hugged. <laughs> and uh, if they're not, yeah. say or you just sit by them or stand by them if they want you to. Don't you don't have to say anything. Just shut up. <laughs> people sometimes yeah. don't remember what you say, anyways, unless it's stupid. They remember that you're there. You know. Yeah, well, that's cool. I think in the film too. I mean, it was equipping. I think for me too, just to see and then to have the one conversation. I think it's uh, this. The, it's Charlene with her sister-in-law and I think mm-hmm. she says something along the lines of like you know I can't I grieve the way I'm grieving I can't yeah. expect you to grieve the same as I'm grieving right right, right. Um, yep, everybody grieves differently and everyone's yeah. on a different timeline too we can't rush it that's why we created our our PDF workbook where oh, we worked yeah. with some really cool grief specialists here in Redwood City Yadav and Hanlon and they are offering support groups. And you can find all the information at bravemaker.com slash last chance Charlene. But if you want to go through the workbook and discussion questions on your own, you can do that. And then if you want some follow-up, there's online yeah. support as well as in-person groups that will be available. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're you're providing tools for the real issues rather than, like, here's a film to entertain. Yeah. Um, you know, here's something that is telling stories, revealing life difficult issues, and here's some tools to help you deal with it. So yeah, thanks for doing that. We'll put the, that in the show notes too. Thank that was you. really kind of interesting PDFs. So also, you know, to transition a little bit out of that, but just like I've always loved watching in films the little things that the director, the writer, the producers, you know, throw in there at their own little laughs, <laughs> yep, <laughs> Easter eggs, yeah, like yeah. yeah the little easter eggs like in the bathroom scene there's a brave maker sticker on the side of the <laughs> i was thinking about good. yeah and then the shirt that uh dominic is wearing and even someone else is wearing it's the total bene or something something like that is yeah, it tutto or, bene. yeah tutto bene yeah right is that actually is that the name of the the design t-shirt design company that he had i was trying to figure out what exactly that is or is that just yeah, yeah. Okay, so is, tutto yeah. bene uh, is it's all good. Everything's good Italian. in Italian. So that's an Italian phrase. And I thought uh, it was so ironic that he chose the name of his company to be it's all good when everything really wasn't good with him. So that's part of the, um, you know, my, my, my fun love of Italy. I built that into the character, built that into their uh, their their job, you know, within the film. And then we have all the T-shirts available as well for our merchandise <laughs> online. Yeah. Are you kind of like a graphic t-shirt guy <laughs> yourself? Very much so. Very much so. Write <laughs> what you know. Write what you know. <laughs> right. I get that. Yeah. And also even in the film, right? I mean, so uh, Brave Maker is, uh, you know, this, you are the story, but in That's the right. film, it's the story lies in you. That's right. Right. Which, That's the, right. And then the, the daughter kind of reworks it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Got it. And yeah. she's, she says it differently. What does she say? The story, the story is you? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. she asked, what did Don Uncle Dominic always say? The story is you. And that's what gives Charlene the idea to, because Charlene never liked the word lies, right? This, I, I was yeah. playing with that idea that sometimes we lie to ourselves. The story exactly. we tell ourselves about our, yeah. our value or whatever isn't always true. So that's why she creates the idea of you are the story. Yeah, I really like that too. The, the story lies in you. I thought that was a wonderful kind of play, you know, because it's mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, of course the story is, it's in me. I am the story, but then, oh yeah. How much do I really, how much am I really cognitive of what I'm really doing? And, you know, Charlene is going through that herself. Does she know why she's writing the story? You know? Yeah. yeah. A lot of fun yeah. stuff. Thanks yeah. for picking all that stuff up. You're, you're the perfect audience member. I'm digging it. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. So, hey, I want to ask you another little question because we kind of got on the uh, Italian thing. So I'm kind of interested because you pronounce your last name Gapastone, right? Mm -hmm. But when I Capastione. saw it, yeah. So what, what kind of, this could be kind of I'm kind of curious. Is this kind of yeah. like a come to America kind of like ad adapt your culture to fit in type thing? Or is what's what's kind of the history of how you guys pronounced it this way? Yeah, my great-grandparents came, and the name was Capacione, with a C and with a Q, and then they, you know, they changed it to Ellis Island to mm. Capacione, and then just, you know, being in Chicago, it's funny, you'll have a lot of my family will say it different. Some people say Capastone, uh, some say Capacione, a lot of people just say Gapastone. So I always yeah. joke, that's why in the film, so many people say Charlene Tucci in a different way. Tucci, right. touchy, 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 Tucci. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I was playing with that too. But yeah, I often just kind of felt a little bit silly uh, when I would walk into places and go, hi, I'm Tony Capacione. But when I'm in Italy, <laughs> which I've been which I've been to six or seven times, I just live into that. So I don't know. I always joke people to say however you want. I'm Tony G. I'm Tony Gapastone. I'm Tony Capacione. <laughs> however you want to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. Yeah, that's I picked that up too on the in the film how people are mispronouncing her name and uh, <laughs> I. But I, yeah, I saw they were doing that and then but I didn't relate it to that. Actually, that's part of your own experience. It's pretty. I got to watch this again now that I'm talking to you. I'm like, okay, what else can I find out about? <laughs> what else can I find out about Tony here? Is like what? Okay, uh, so he drinks coffee and he goes to this coffee shop. And <laughs> I like cannoli. I just eat my emotions. My, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the cannoli, which I have to tell you, I have a. A little bit of beef with Tell because why? you know I, I i don't get the cannoli like so many people love cannoli especially italians like really yeah. it's not that good though it's, it's <laughs> a unique acquired taste i totally understand <laughs> that's why i had to put that into dino makes fun of it right I, yeah it's, he my does. Ab it's my absolute favorite dessert ever and, and i know it's not for everybody and that's okay yeah well you and you had a podcast or you have a podcast that's with yet to do kind of or you had done, right? That was called Holy Cannoli as well. That's right. right? I did about 68 episodes called Holy Cannoli and kind yeah. of paused it as I started Brave Maker. But yeah, we talked about kind of things faith-wise uh, for 68 episodes. It was super fun. Yeah. So, okay. So now, um, Last Chance Charlene, it opened actually in spring at Cinequest and yeah. now it's in Chicago. Now it's coming back for summer. And are yeah. you going to be, are you going to do a live screening here and some Q and a after and when you do it here at, um, at Cinequest? I believe so. Yeah. We, we screen August 21st at the California theater at one forty-five PM on a Sunday, August awesome. 21st. And then at the Prune Yard theater on Saturday, August 27th at 6 PM. And so our cast and you know, some of our crew will be there as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. 
Cool. Awesome. Good. Yeah, I hope people come out and see it. It's really great. And I just want to see, also give a shout out to Ali uh, Mills. The scene yeah. with the mom and the daughter scenes. I mean, a yeah. couple of those, I was just in tears. I think she really did a great, a great job. I mean, that was really incredible. Um, yeah, and the dialogue that in those some of those scenes was really beautiful. And I love that you bring out the black Jesus and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. It's kind of, kind of uh, fun. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Working with Allie Mills was so fun and peppering in those fun little things that I'm, you know, I'm processing in my own life. Uh, it's just so great. And I, I will say here, I've already written another film called Go Veronica Go that we're currently oh, cool. fundraising. That's all about the Veronica character. So we're doing a prequel, if you will, in the ah, Charlene nice. universe about how Charlene and Veronica meet. And then this is breaking news. Nobody, two people know about this, but I just started outlining a film about Dino and Dino oh, cool. and Ayla's future and what happens with Charlene's film. And so oh, I'm very man. excited to do this. And I mean, this was not my plan, but I'm just, you know, I'm going for it. We'll see what, what You're happens. Leaning into these characters. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's cool. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's another layer too, right? It's, um, and, and there's a line that, um, what's the sister's last name? I, Ayla? Sister, Ayla, 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 mm-hmm. that says, or someone says, oh, like you're moving, you're moving on, and she's like, no, I'm, I'm moving forward. That was like, yeah. that's, you know, in your in writing, like, that is like one of those little beautiful nuggets, right, mm. where it says you said so much, mm. and kind of dealing with grief, and you know, because it's no, you you never move on not going to be yeah. forgotten right? Right, right but right, just right. to to move forward that ah oh, it makes me tear up as i'm thinking about it you know that's, that's cool. great my therapist one time said something about moving forward mm-hmm. you know that really struck me and then she said something about moving through you know as another mm-hmm. way like you don't have to move on but you got to move forward you got to move through it you got to move through the yeah. grief as however you can yeah. even if it's just one little inch at a time just move through move forward yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as I talk to you and I see stuff that you're doing, it's like you still have, I would say you still have a pastor's heart. I feel like what you're doing mm-hmm. is still pastoral and it's through mm-hmm. storytelling. Is that kind of, you think is really your ethos and, or what is your life mission? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When I left my vocational pastor job of 20 years, people said, what are you going to do? You're not going to be a pastor anymore. I can't see, you know, I can't believe you're not going to be a pastor. And I would respond back. I don't see it that way. You know, I don't, Mm, I don't see myself not being a pastor because I'm not officially full time with a church. I see the pastor shepherd heart. It could be anyone and anywhere at any time, whether Mm -hmm. you're a teacher or a barista or a filmmaker, it's just taking care of people and providing space for people to feel safe and loved. And that's what I love to do. I think, my most meaningful experiences happen making stuff, you know, whether it's the writing of a film and and working with actors and getting feedback or on a set every morning. You know, if you look on our website, we have a behind the scenes video and we would gather every day and, you know, we wouldn't pray every day, but sometimes we would, we would make space, quiet meditation. People would pray, but we do affirmations and we would share what we learned or, we would uh, give encouragements to people. And I would look around sometimes and go, this is church. Same thing like yeah. 
in a movie theater or at a film fest, you know, turn the lights out for two hours and have some music and a story and flip the lights back on and talk about it. And sometimes eat donuts and coffee while you do it. It was like, this is, this is my life. This is what I love to do. And it's, it's more than just one hour on a Sunday. It's every time it's everything. That's my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, like the integrate, the integration of our spirituality Mm -hmm. and our daily lives have never meant to be separated. I mean, you know that, and I think people are waking up to that, right? Is that who we are, we bring who we are to every situation. And, you know, I love, even in the film, you talk about something, there's something you say like the twisted or somewhere, I saw something twisted and the divine, you know, that just kind of, you know, we're these humans, but yet we are these incredibly precious, loved children of God, even though we may fumble and mess up and have some, difficult times you know yeah yeah well thank you yeah, tony I yeah i really thank appreciate you, the film i appreciate how it's affected me just with some of the i got i got an education in how to walk with people i think through grief and at the same right time on. i was touched of my own struggles with you know depression uh-huh. and and creating so i appreciate that so thank you very much for the film and we can all meet you in person mm-hmm. August at the California, August 20, repeat those dates for me, please. 21st, Sunday, August 21st, and August 27th, Saturday at Pruneyard, Saturday night. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the the time, and good luck in um, Chicago, and I'll I'll be seeing you uh, at Cinequest. Right on. Thank you. All right, man. Take it easy. find out more about Tony, you can go to his website and Instagram at Tony Gapstone. And also for Brave Maker, their programs, their film festival, and their writing workshops, go to bravemaker.com. And make sure to check out the film Last Chance Charlene at Cinequest coming in August. Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine podcast. Follow us on social media at Content Mag. Become a member and help us to continue to tell the stories of the South Bay's creatives. This episode's music is 408 by Jack Pavlina. Follow him on Spotify and also on his Instagram at Jack Pavlina Music.